Good morning, Grace Hills. Good to see everybody this morning. I have some guests that I'd like to have join me on stage. Josh, Casey, will you guys come up here? So this is a really, really exciting weekend for Grace Hills. Um, I guess it was about two weekends ago, we stood up here and we made the announcement that we had hired a new pastor for Grace Hills Church, and today they're standing here on the stage with us. So welcome Josh Fiery and Casey Fiery. So we're, uh, we're commissioning Josh into the service of the church this morning as a fellow elder and uh, as our directional pastor. And I just wanted to read from 1 Peter chapter 5, just a few verses as we, um, as we uh, uh, bring it. So uh, it says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Yeah. So that's our charge to you today, Josh, as we, uh, as we introduce you to the church, and Todd's going to pray over you all. Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much for this day, and we thank you so much for all that you continually bless us with. Um, Father, we just... Um, Praise your name for the answer of prayer in our lives, and, and um, we ask you for a leader for this church, and look what you have done. It's just an amazing blessing. Lord, we just uh, um, just continue to ask for um, things. We pray for uh, your blessing over um, Josh and Casey. We pray that you would uh, just uh, continue to lead and guide um, him, um, protect his heart, protect his mind, and Lord, we pray that you would order his steps and give him the boldness to follow you. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would go before him and fight his battles. Father, we pray that you would protect their marriage, keep them safe and healthy. And Lord, just be with us. Uh, we, we have seen your hand at work. And um, Lord, we just love you so much. Um, we love you for your grace and your mercy and just your, your, your just continued blessing, your, your love for each and every one of us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, let's do this real fast. Hey, will you guys come back out here real quick? I just thought of this. Bring you guys back up here. Hey, would you guys give your elder team up here a hand clap? I think there is honor to be due here to these guys. Um, you know, we as a church know you guys have walked through some transition and there's been a lot of things that have gone on. And I want to say just a thank you to these guys that have stood in, been steadfast, been faithful, walked this thing out and led this church through this kind of series. And man, these guys are worthy of, I think, some honor today and what they've done and what they've accomplished. Let's pray for them and their families real fast. Is that okay? Let's do that. Dearly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we just thank you for these guys that have faithfully served and sacrificed of their time and their effort and of their lives um, to lead this church here in this whole entire process. And God, I just pray that you bless them, that you bless their families, that you bless their lives. Um, and God, we just thank you for what they've done and what they're going to continue to do as you lead them and guide them. God, we pray that you give them rest, that you give them restoration, that you give them wisdom, that you give them vision as they continue on in this process. And we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, thank you, guys. 
<sighs> Man, Grace Hills, I want to tell you, I am um, just excited to be here. This church is special, and this church, we're going to do a series called Uncommon, and the reason why is because we really, truly believe that this is an uncommon church and that this church is really, really special. And I want to, I'll tell you a little of the story of how Casey and I got here, and I think that'll maybe explain some of this. When um, a couple years ago, Casey and I, we were serving at a church, and we've been serving at a church in Western Oklahoma. Great place, great church, and we've been having a really great time out there. But, you know, there's sometimes these moments in your life where you can feel God just kind of pulling you and kind of stirring in you that a new season is coming. And, and, and there's sometimes this moment where you, I don't know if you've ever been there, but where you can just feel like, okay, I know it's not the exact time right now, but I know that God's kind of pulling and starting to prepare my heart and starting to do something in me. And uh, Casey and I, a couple years ago, we really felt that way. We felt like our next season of ministry was coming. And so um, we, were, we were going for a walk. Casey and I, we like to go for walks. And so we were walking around our neighborhood and uh, we were just kind of dreaming. You know how you do as a married couple. And we were just dreaming about what, what does God have for us? Where, where do we want to be? And when, when we kind of talk through things, we say, God, we'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll be whoever you want us to be. We'll do whatever you want us to do. And that's kind of our hearts. And uh, as we were walking around the neighborhood, uh, we were, Casey asked me a question. She said, if we could pastor a church anywhere in the entire country, where would you choose? And I sat in there and I said, you know where I'd really love to be is I said, Northwest Arkansas. I feel like that would be just, I feel like we would fit there. I feel like things would be great. I love the area. I think that's where we'd want to be. And so we kind of talked about that. And then we went back in the house. And a couple weeks later, uh, we were at the house and I heard her. She yelled at me from the bedroom. She said, Josh, get in here real fast. And so I ran in there and she said, you're not going to believe this. And I said, oh yeah. And she said, there's a church that just came open on Google and it had been listed on Google. And it said, and she said, it's called Grace Hills Church. And it literally says that it is a church for Northwest Arkansas right after we had said this. And so we were like, this is amazing. And we were so excited and so pumped. So we started looking at your church and started looking at the core values of the church, looking at the mission, looking at how you guys accomplish things, looking at who you are. And we said, man, I think this is the place that we want to be. And so we were pumped. We were excited. And then the next day, we found out that Google had mislabeled a church, and it was a Grace Hills in Southern California that was available and not this church. And we were bummed, and we were just like, oh, man, this is so sad. And, uh, and so over the next probably year and a half, we, we kind of kept our eyes open. And we were looking at other churches, looking at other opportunities, had a lot of opportunities come away, a lot of job offers, a lot of things. But what we kept having is the standard kind of Grace Hills is that you guys fit who we were and that you guys fit the mission that we want to be and you guys fit the culture that we want to be and that you guys fit the type of church that we wanted to be with and the kind of people that we want to do life with. And so lots of other things came along, lots of other opportunities. And what we ended up saying is every single time, it was like, yeah, it's a great opportunity, but it's not Grace Hills. It's a great thing. It's not Grace Hills. And we literally just did that for about a year going through that. And then in September of the last year of 2021, we were at, uh, at the house and Casey had just kind of started getting ready for bed. And I started just thinking about you guys. And I was thinking about Grace's and I'm like, I wonder what the church is up to. And so I just Googled the church and kind of went on the website and I began to see that uh, you guys had walked through some transition and that uh, you guys were going to be in need of a pastor. And I thought, 
wow, this is kind of crazy. And so the next day, me and Casey, we got out and we started going for a walk again. And I think we made about 85 trips around our neighborhood, just going around and around. And we were talking, to, and so what I told her, I said, so they haven't posted a job or anything. And I said, do you think it'd be weird if I sent an email and just said, hey, this is kind of who we are. Here's our resume. Can we apply? And she's like, yeah, that'd totally be weird. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And so then we went over a little bit. I was like, okay, it's kind of weird, but should I do it? She's like, well, you could try it. And I was like, I don't know. And so we walked some more. We kept walking. We kept walking. So we finally said, you know what? It's just a weird enough thing. Could be a God thing. And I said, I'm just going to send out the email. And, uh, and so anyways, I wrote up kind of just a little brief mention of our story and uh, our resume and some stuff. And I sent it out. And we waited for a day, and I didn't get a response. And then I waited for another day and didn't get a response. By the third day, I was like, yeah, they think we're weird. And uh, <laughs> we, were, we were a little sad on that. But then finally, we got an email back, and it was Martha. It was incredibly sweet, incredibly kind, and um, said that they were going to, you know, that they would pass it along. And that started a process of us getting here. And uh, that started in September and came up here a couple times. And we, we knew from what we had saw of your church that, man, this was the kind of place that we wanted to be, the kind of ministry that we wanted to be a part of, the kind of place that we wanted to be. But I'll tell you, it was truly when we got here and met the people that you guys are special people. And uh, your leadership are really special people. And there's like, there's something that is special about this church that drew us here. And when we got here, it was just like home. And we said, this is, this is the place that we want to raise a family. This is the place that we want to grow old together. This is the place that we want to give God our lives at. And so that's where we're here at today, just being real with you and being authentic with you. We, we, we were really careful over the last couple of years. We looked at a lot of places, thought a lot of things, and we said, this is the place that we want to be. And so we want to commit that to you, that we're excited to serve here and be here and live life with you and to be a part of this church. And the reason why is, uh, is I truly believe, and we're going to do a series, like I said, talking about Uncommon, because I believe I looked at a lot of different churches over the last couple of years, and I can truly say that there's some uncommon things about this church that are completely different and, uh, and different than I see in so many places. And what drew us here is the purpose, the mission and the calling that I believe that God has on this church. And like I said, I looked at those places, but I can tell you this place is uncommon because the calling of this church is unique. And I think that the way that you do it isn't typical. And that God has a specific mission on this church that you don't see everywhere. And I think the biggest thing that really got to us was that there is a realness and an authenticity of the people here that just make us say, hey, that's the kind of people that we wanna be with. And that's why Casey are right here, because we see the mission, the purpose of this church. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start this series and we're gonna take the next few weeks and we're gonna reiterate who we are. And here's why this is important. I think this is important because I wanna acknowledge something in the room is that as you go through transition, right, and as a church goes through truth transition, it's very easy to begin to question things and say, are we different? Are we becoming something different? Are we changing who we are? Is, this, is the church gonna be different? Is our mission gonna be different? Is the DNA that God implanted on this church 10 years gonna change? And are we gonna be a different type of church and a different type of people? And here's what I wanna say is, if anything, we are not changing. If anything, we're gonna lean into it more. Because as I've talked to the, the leadership and the, and the teams here, and what I, what I found is this, is that we totally believe and that we affirm and that we are full-heartedly invested in being a church that's this. And I want to show you this. This is the mission of this church, that we are full-heartedly invested in being a church that exists for broken people to find healing 
and Jesus, to experience authentic community and grow spiritually. You know, it's that mission statement that we saw on the website, um, and as we look at it now, that just says, that's the type of people that we want to be. So we're going to do, over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of break this down. And I, what I want to do is, I know that a lot of you already know this. I know a lot of you are already a part of this, that you're bought in. But I think there comes these times at a church where we got to stand firm and say, we're going to reiterate who we are. And this is truly who we believe we are. And that we, that we drop it down and say, this is the church and the kind of place that we're going to be in. So we're going to talk about it. And the first part that we're going to talk about today is that we exist for broken people to find healing in Jesus. This is a church that exists for broken people to find healing in Jesus. And that's the mission of this church because that is the mission of Jesus. When we read the Bible, we see this in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. Jesus gives us what I like to call like a thesis statement for his ministry. Scholars would call it what they call like a programmatic passage. And what that means is if you think if you go to the theater, right, they give you like a little program. And as you see the program, it has act one, act two, act three, and you kind of can see what's going to happen throughout the play. What scholars would say is this is kind of like the programmatic passage for Jesus's ministry, that this describes what he does. The way that I would say it is this, is that it's basically Jesus showing up on the scene and saying, this is why I'm here. In other passages, we see him say, this is who I am. But this is the place where he says, this is what I'm here for. This is what I came to do. This is what I came to accomplish. So we're going to read it together. And what's happening in this passage is that, that Jesus is in Nazareth. Then he walks into a temple. And they give him this scroll from Isaiah. And he reads from it, finds this passage, and he reads from it. And it's a prophecy about him from years and years before. And it describes what Jesus would be. Right? And it describes what he would do. And he reads this passage and then he hands the scroll back and he walks away and he says, and as everybody's kind of watching him, he says, today this passage has been fulfilled, saying that this is who I am. So let's read this together. Luke chapter four, we're gonna start in verse 16. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read the scriptures. So the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Here's what it says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What I love about this passage is that it's not just literal, right? It's not just saying that the, uh, that the literal eyes will be open. We, we believe that and we know that. And we know that happened in Jesus's ministry and there is a literal sense to it. But even more so than that, it's talking spiritually. It's talking about what Jesus did in us. And here's what it says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. How many of you have been at a place where you have felt spiritually poor? Maybe you felt emotionally bankrupt. You felt at this place where you were like, I don't know if I can keep going on. I love this, that Jesus says that he came to bring good news to the poor, that he sent, uh, that he sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. How many of you have maybe felt in bondage in your sin? Maybe you felt captive to thought processes. Maybe you felt captive in your life. He said he sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's 
favor has come. See, the mission of Jesus is to have broken people find healing. It's for the lost to be found, for the dead people to come to life. And what I love is this, is that when he commissions the church, he calls us to join him in that mission. And that's the purpose of Grace Hills, right? It's in our thesis statement and the the mission statement of the church, that we are a church for the broken to find healing. That's the mission of Jesus. And that's the mission of Grace Hills. So what does that mean? I want to give you three points today that I think that means for our church. And number one is this, is that if you are broken, this is the place for you. If you're broken, this is the place for you. And I I almost said it when I was trying to figure out how I was going to word this. I almost said, if you're broken, that you are welcome here. And I don't think that's right because that has the idea that if you're experiencing brokenness, you can come and we'll welcome you, but you're not really a part. But that's not the mission of this church. That's not the vibe of this church. That's not who we are. That's not the culture of this church. This church says, if you are experiencing brokenness in your life, you belong here that we want you here. If you're walking through some challenges in your life, maybe, if you're, maybe you came in here today and you've never even heard of God. Maybe you've never even heard of Jesus. Maybe you've been running and you've been blaspheming Jesus and you've been against Jesus for a long time and you walked in this place. Here's what we want you to know. You belong here. You're not just welcomed here. We're not saying that we just want you to be here, but that you truly belong here. I love it because Jesus makes it pretty clear that his people are the broken people. Let me say that again. Jesus makes it clear in the Bible that his people are the broken people. In Mark, Jesus encounters some self-righteous, self-consumed, self-appointed, holy people. You ever met anybody like that? And he meets these people and they come and they, they judge him for the people that he's hanging out with. And I love Jesus's response because his response in the, in the face of criticism is to say, no, the broken people are my people. Let me read this to you, Mark chapter two, verses 15 and 17. It says, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I love that, disreputable sinners. How many say, could say, I think that describes me or has described me in my life. And then I love what it says. Uh, Mark, he kind of adds in this little parenthesis here. He says this, and he says, there were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. Love it, it doesn't say there's one or two that maybe happened to be there, but it says, no, there was a lot of those people that Jesus was drawing that were coming around Jesus, that were a part of Jesus's life. And he says, but when the, the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, they said, why does he eat with such scum? <laughs> I love that word, you know? And then he says this, he says, when Jesus heard this, he told them, and this is my favorite part, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. He says, I have come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I love this scripture because Jesus is with the broken and the outcast. And when those who think they have it all together and they come and they begin to criticize Jesus, he says, no, these are my people. These are the people that I came for. These are the people that I came to save. These are the people that I came for. So let me say this to you. If you've ever felt like a notorious sinner, if you've ever felt like scum, maybe you walked in here and you almost felt like ashamed. If you've ever felt that way, maybe you felt like people judge you because you feel like you are, you're too far gone. Let me say this, you belong here. You belong here. 
You're the exact person that Jesus came for. You belong here. See, the enemy will try to do anything he can do to try to convince you that you are too messed up, that you have too many failures, that you have too many issues, that you got hidden issues, right? And if people actually knew what was going on in your life, then they wouldn't want you to belong here, right? If, if they saw what you were doing last week, then they wouldn't want you here. If they saw what was happening behind closed doors at your home, if they saw how you talked to your husband or your wife, if they, if they knew what happened in that hotel two weeks ago, if they knew what was going on in your life, then you wouldn't be welcome here and the enemy will say if they really knew who you were you wouldn't be welcomed here well all that is is a lie from the enemy to try to tell you you don't belong here and he's trying to keep you from the people that are here to say hey let us help you find healing and restoration in Jesus I think about this in my life. I'll give you a quick story. When I was growing up, I wasn't that bright. And uh, I had a lot of toys growing up, but for some reason, I played with, I had this lamp. And I don't know why, but I was playing with this lamp one day. And so I had this thing out, and I don't even know how this happened, but I had the light bulb out, and uh, somehow a, a uh, little penny dropped in the light socket of that lamp. And so now me, I, was, I, I thought I was smart. And so I remember I thought, well, okay, here's what I'll do. I will just like flip the switch to make sure that it's off to me, so I don't like shock myself. So I flipped the switch, not thinking I should unplug it. And I stuck my finger in that light socket to pull that penny out. And I'm gonna tell you what, guys, that thing lit me up. Like it was like, like a full on back. And I looked down. And I'm not even joking. My entire finger was black. And it wasn't just like, just had some stuff on it. Like it was charred. And so my, I had my finger there. And the very first thing that I thought was, my mama's gonna kill me. <laughs> and so I ran off to the bathroom, right? And I ran into the bathroom and I locked the door. And uh, I remember that my mom, because you know, when you have a kid and you see them run to the bathroom and lock the door, you're like, no, something's up. And so she comes up to the door. She starts like knocking on the door. She said, Josh, let me in. Josh, let me in. What's going on? And I'm in there trying to wash my finger, the black off my finger, but it's charred. So it's not washing off. And I'm just sitting there trying to do this. And she's just knocking on the door. So I was so scared. But finally, I thought, okay, I can't do this. And so I unlocked the door and she came in. And believe it or not, she was a nice mom. And so she helped me wash it and couldn't get it off. But then she, we put aloe vera on it and she kind of banched it up and we kind of walked through it. And I think about that story though, because here's the crazy thing is in that house, there was only one person. My mom was the only person home at that time. There was only one person in that house who knew what to do to help me. And there, I allowed the shame of what I had done, right? And the fear to make me run and hide from the only person who was there to help me. And I think about the enemy. That's what he does in our lives. He tries to bring shame and fear into us. And when we make mistakes, when we have failures, when, when there's things in our life, he tries to put this shame on us and this fear of us to where we run from Jesus, that we run from the church, we run from the people that God designed to help us find healing and restoration in our lives. And here's what I want you to understand is this, is that we've got to overcome that, that, that if you are broken, if you've experienced, if you've experienced brokenness, if, you, if you're walking in here today and you say, man, I have shame, I have, that is all a lie from the enemy. I mean, you belong here. You belong here. If you were broken, this is the place for you. This is the place for you. Number two is this, is that if you're broken, 
We want to see you experience healing in Jesus, right? The gospel message, right, which is the good news. Gospel means good news. The good news of the Bible is not that we're just broken, right? Like I can figure that one out on my own. Like, I know I got some issues. I know I've got some failures. Like, I know, like, I look at my life and I'm like, hey, there's some stuff that I'm, that I'm walking through that I got to get fixed. Like, I don't need the Bible just to tell me that I'm messed up. I got that one figured out. But see, with the good news of the Bible and the gospel message is that God wants to see you experience healing and restoration and joy and peace and life. That's the message of the Bible. The gospel message isn't just that you are broken, but it's that Jesus died to free you from the bondage of your sin and that he rose from the dead so that you can have a new life of joy and peace and freedom in him. That's the message of the Bible. See, the church isn't just a support group for the broken where we come here and just are broken forever, but it is a hospital where the broken find healing. That's the mission of this church is that if you're broken, you're welcome here. You belong here. We say we want you here, that you are the exact people that Jesus came for. But we also want to say this is that we are called to help you find healing in him. Here's what I want to say to you is if you are in here and you have ever felt lost or broken or shame or you ever felt like an outsider, this is the place for you and that Jesus is here and he wants to meet you where you're at, that you're not too far gone, that you're not too messed up, that your brokenness is not too much for God. Somebody needs to hear that. Let me say that again, that your brokenness is not too much for God. He loves you. I mean, he's for you. He's on your side. He wants to work in your life. And when he does, here's the third thing today is this. As we experience healing, we're called to bring other, help others find it too. As we experience healing in Jesus, we're called to help others find it too. Now, I want to make this caveat. I'm not saying that when you experience healing that you all of a sudden got everything figured out and that you've, got a, you're, you've arrived, right? I've come to this point where I've got everything figured out. I think that healing is more like a, it's more like a journey than it is a destination. How many of y'all know that? I've experienced that in my life. And it's kind of like this. You're, you're kind of on a journey. And so you, you come to Jesus and you give God your life and, and you experience this great new moment of healing and restoration. But it's kind of like this. You, you start hearing God's done something in your life, but it's a journey that you walk out and as more things happen in your life, as you walk through, as you begin to uncover more in your life, as you begin to, how many of you know life happens, junk happens, and there's some things you got to heal as you walk through. Everybody know that? Right, and so it's like you, you have this moment where Jesus comes in your life and it's great, but it becomes this journey that you begin to walk out and you become more and more like him and you begin to find more healing in him and more restoration in him. And you may never arrive the point that you get to the end, but you're always on this journey of experiencing more of Jesus, more healing in him and you're, that you're growing in him. And here's what I want you to see is that as we're on this journey, our mission as a church is to say that we're gonna bring other people along with us. See, we're not called to just experience Jesus on our own, but we're called to bring people on the journey with us. And then as I'm here, maybe, maybe I haven't arrived, but there's somebody that, that's there and I can say, hey, come on this with me. Come, I love the way Paul said it when he said, come follow me as I follow Christ. Man, that's who we're called to be. That's what Grace Hills is designed for. That's what drew us to this church is because I truly feel that the mission and the purpose of this church is to say, I don't got it all figured out. 
I'm not here. I haven't arrived, but I'm somewhere on this journey. Maybe I'm here. And here's the thing about it is that I'm here and I want to bring you with me. If you're up there, ma'am, give me an arm. Pull me up with you. That we're a church that says, hey, we're going to be real about it. We're not going to act like we're at the end. We're not going to act like, hey, I got everything figured it out. We're not going to act like we've got it all. But we're just going to be honest and say, hey, I'm on this journey. Will you help me on the journey? And that's who we're called to be. As we experience Jesus in our lives to bring people on the journey with us. Think about it in the Bible. When, when Jesus commissions the church in Acts 1.8, right? He commissions the church. And he, I love what he says in Acts 1.8. He says this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Everybody say Witnesses. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I love the word witnesses. It's kind of a weird word to use right there, because he could have said, you know, you'll be my messengers, that you will be my spokesmen, that you will be my, my preachers, that you will be those. And those are all true. I think those are all accurate, but he doesn't use that. At this point, he says that you're going to be my witnesses. And you think about it, what is a witness? A witness is somebody that has seen something happen and then tells about it to other people. And that's what we're called to be as a church. We're called to be the people who say, this is what Jesus did in me, and I know that he can do it in you too. I mean, let me tell you, Jesus did this. Jesus completely changed my life, and I believe that he can do it in you too and that we bring people along with us. And I'll tell you honestly, there have been moments in my life that have just wrecked me. And I've been able to see, and I can say that I'm a witness of what Jesus has done in me. And that I'm honestly a witness of what happens when, when people walk it out with you. I remember a few years ago, um, I got a call one day and um, just got some news that completely just shook me to my foundation. I don't know if you've ever gotten those calls. And it was one of those that just hit me and you just don't know what to do. And a lot of the hope that you had gets taken away. A lot of the, the, the foundations of your life just get shaken. And I remember in that moment, just beginning to question so many things. And luckily I had a, a friend um, named Jonathan and I, and I called him. And I just told him, I said, man, this is what's going on. This is what I'm walking through. And I'm like, I, I just don't know what to do. And I remember when I talked to him, he's just kind. And he was just a good friend, and he was just a good Jesus friend who, who listened to me, heard my brokenness, heard where I was at, heard my experience, and then he said it, and then he began to walk it out with me. He pointed me back to Jesus. And the, I'll tell you, the situation didn't change. It was still junky, still bad. Things didn't completely go different. But in that moment, he walked me through pointed me to Jesus and the faithfulness of God and what that God was doing in my life, that he was still there, that he hadn't left me, that he hadn't forsaken me, that he was going to walk this thing out with me. And it, and it began to breathe hope in me and life in me, even in this difficult circumstance. And here's what I think. Is that, I think that's a picture of what we're called to be as the church. I think that's a picture of what this church is. Right, The mission of this church is that we're going to be a place where the broken experience healing, we're going to walk it out with them. We're going to walk it out with them. That's the power of the church, and that is the power and the mission, I think, of Grace Hills. That we are a church for the broken to find healing in Jesus.
So as we come to a close today, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to two specific groups of people. Number one is this, is maybe you're in here today and you need to experience some healing and joy and peace and restoration and freedom in Jesus. And if, and I, here's what I want you to know is this, is that you are in the exact right place, that you belong here, that God has not given up on you, that you are not too far gone, that your brokenness and your failures are not too much for God, that the things that you set up at night and you just set in your bed and your mind runs 8,000 miles an hour and it just beats you up and you sit there and it just runs and it runs and it runs. It's not too much for God. That thing that is in your gut that you sit there during the day and it just eats at you and eats at you and eats at you. It's not too much for God. He's here. He wants to bring you healing. He wants to bring you freedom. You're in the exact right place. So I want to pray for you in a second, but let me also give you two action points for that. Number, number one is this. We're going to have the prayer team up here today on the edges as we kind of go into these last songs. And I want to encourage you to come up and get prayer because that's what we're called to do as a church. We're called to walk it out. That's our mission, right? That we're going to walk it out together. And I want to encourage you, come up for prayer. Let us believe with you, stand with you, stand in faith with you for God to work in your life. And then secondly, let me encourage you this is... Let me encourage you to plug in and get plugged into a small group or a ministry. I know that we got so many good small groups, so many great ministries in this church. I'm trying to figure out which small group I'm going to join. I told Casey, I said, let's just join them all, and uh, we'll go to all of them. But let me encourage you to plug in, because it's in those places where we really, truly lock in with people and that we walk life out together. We're not called to do life alone. And I, I can tell you this from a person that, that sometimes I can, be, I, can, I can have the idea of I'm going to just pull on my bootstraps and I'm going to get on and I'm going to power through this thing. That's not what we're called to do. Uh, we're called to walk this thing out together, to have people that support us, that walk it. That's what the church is. So God created the church to be. That's who we are. That's what this church is. So I want to encourage you to plug in, be a part. And I'm going to pray for you a, second, a couple seconds, but I want to encourage you to those. And then here's the second thing is this. So maybe you're in here and you're on this journey of healing and maybe you're a little farther along. Here's what I want to challenge you is this, is invest in somebody else. Invest in somebody else. Bring them along with you because we're not called to experience Jesus on our own, but we're called to help the broken find healing in him. What I love about this church and what really drew us, why we believe this place is uncommon is this, is because I believe that we are, that this church is really walking that out, that that was imprinted on the DNA of this church from the very beginning. And here's what I want you to understand. We're not changing. We're going to lean into that. And I want to challenge you to embody that mission and say, that is who we're going to be from this day forward and evermore, that Grace Hills is going to be the place that is known as being the place that we're going to walk it out with you that we'll stand with you, that we will be with you. When you go through the toughest times of your life, this church is the place that understands brokenness and walks it out with you. That this church is not the place that will judge you, but that we are the place that will stand locked arm in arm with you and be on your team. And I wanna say that to you. Maybe you're in here today and you, you're walking through some brokenness and some hurting. Let me challenge you. Find somebody in here because I know that this is the place of people that I say, I'll step up with you. I'll walk it out with you. That's why we're here. Well, we know that we're going to walk through some challenges in life, right? It ain't going to be all easy. 
And when we looked at this church, we said, we know that this is a church that beyond it all, that when we go through challenges, when we walk through life, that you guys will be people that'll say, we'll stand with you. And we wanna be people that says, we'll stand with you. That's why we're here. And that's why we think this church is uncommon and we wanna stand with you. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you that in our brokenness, that you don't leave us. God, I thank you that you see our failures, that you see our sin, that you see what has been done to us and that you don't shame us, that you don't give up on us, but God, that you want us, that you love us, that you gave your life for us. God, for the person in this room today that has never given their life to you, I pray that they would surrender to you today, that they would place their faith and their trust in you and that they would experience the healing that only you can give. God, for the person in here today that has been walking just just through some junk, God, I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. God, I pray that you would just give them new life, that you would give them joy, that you would give them peace you would give them freedom. God, we thank you in your word that it says that you give us peace beyond understanding. And even as maybe some of our circumstances don't change, as maybe we're even standing in some of these places where we're looking at some difficult situations, God, I thank you that you can bring us healing and give us peace even though the world would say, how in the world do you have that? God, I pray that you would bring that to us today. We hold you to your promise. We believe you in your promise. Hmm. God, I pray for those that are on the journey of healing too, that you would give us divine appointments. You give us divine appointments for people to pull us along, but also give us divine appointments for people that we can pull along on this journey with us. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for this church. God, we thank you that through challenges, through adversity, that you've held this place together. God, we thank you that you have a mission for this church, that you have a purpose for this church. That the DNA that was imprinted on this church when we were created 10 years ago is not changing. But God, we know that you're gonna do big things here. God, we know that you have a plan and a purpose for this church. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Hey, let me tell you this. I'm thankful to be here. And I can tell you uh, that I know 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 that God called us to be here. And uh, we're going to give you everything we got. Uh, We're going to walk this thing out with you. And here's what I want to ask you. If you'll lock arms with us and walk this thing out with us, I truly believe that God's gonna do some great things in this church. God wanted this church to end, he would have already ended it, but I know that we're still here for a reason. That God's got some people, amen. God's got some people that he wants us to reach, some lives to see changed, some freedom, some healing to be found. And I'm just a person that I say, God, whatever you want to do, I'll do it. And I think this is what he wants us to do. And I know it. And I'm just pumped to be here. 
I'm not afraid to say it. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about walking this out with you. And I just want to say thank you for bringing us in and joining with us. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. Let me pray again. And I just want to pray for what God's going to do over this church as we journey forward. Amen. Is that all right? Stand with us. Something powerful happens. Right? When a church comes together and we stand together and we say, we believe that who God called us to be. We're going to stand together and do that. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you for what you have planned for this church. God, we come together and we say, God, whoever you want us to be, we will be. Whatever you want us to do, that we will do. God, we are your church. We stand in you. God, we say, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom. God, as we begin to walk this out, we pray that you give us fresh vision, that you will begin to show us who we need to go after, what we need to do, the church that you have called us to be. So God, we thank you for that. God, we pray that you fill us with your presence, that you fill us with your spirit. God, that as we walk out these doors and as we go into this community, that we begin to be known like the church was in Acts, that the people that have turned the world upside down. God, we pray that you will begin to make us a church that turns Bentonville upside down. That people that are bankrupt in their mind and emotions and in their feelings and spiritually, God, that you will begin to do a work inside of them. That you will begin to make us your messengers, your witnesses, your people across this town that begin to make a change. God, we say as a church that we are here and we will do whatever you call us to do. We will be whoever you call us to be. God, we will go and be your church in this city. And God, we thank you for that. We pray that you lead us, that you give us wisdom, that you give us guidance, that you give us fresh vision. We thank you for all that you're doing. We surrender to you today. We thank you for this. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.